Hello and welcome to the first episode of the second series of Third and One Fall, the weekly magazine podcast bringing you the update on NFL and wrestling, uh, professional wrestling. I am Ash and with me is my bro Abs. How's it going, bro? I'm all right. I'm all right. Happy New Year and uh, all that. Exactly. 2021 is here. And uh, with six, seven days already gone, uh, doesn't seem promising. <laughs> I'll be honest. But, like, what are you talking about? The NFL season is over. <laughs> it's over. The pain is oh, over. Gosh. You're it's all, yeah. finished. For both of us, right? I don't have to watch my piss poor Atlanta Falcons play until September next year. And with a little bit of luck, we'll probably talk about this later. We will have a brand new quarterback. Well, we'll see, won't we? We will see. But uh, yeah, happy new year to everyone. How was your uh, little break? Much needed. Yeah, yeah. Much needed. Uh, it, it, It was one of those where it felt like everything was just caving in and everything was just piling on top and it was just, I just needed a bit of a, a bit of a timeout, a bit of a, a break from from it all. And you know, while while the Atlanta Falcons continue to disappoint and embarrass me, I felt like my other teams were showing signs of revival. So United were doing good. Golden State Warriors. Steph Curry had to remind y'all, just in case you forgot. Dude bailed out the whole team that one game. I'm a drop 62. I mean, Atlanta Hawks look fairly decent. They're kind of a they're kind of vibes still, but yeah. I kind of like those vibes. I think Trey Young is going to be a a, a big star <laughs> in, in the NFL. I don't care if they can't defend. Okay. I don't care about defense. It's vibes, and I'm I'm enjoying the vibes. Wow, 150, you're just, 150. Let's go. You're 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 just 100% vibes, yeah. Stop it. All right, stop playing. I am, I am, I am serious about hundred percent vibes. Yeah, yeah. I You're am... serious about those vibes with that dressing gown still on you. Shit. It's cold. <laughs> Damn it, it's cold. This is not a gimmick. I am cold. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, let's start with uh, the first topic, which is um, unfortunately to start off on a solemn note, but it's something that needs to uh, be addressed a from us because it's a, 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 a sensitive topic for everyone in the wrestling um, community. But this is uh, kicking off with the John Huber tribute. So John Huber, also known as Brody Lee Luke Harper, tragically passed on 26th of December with the announcement coming from his wife on social media that it was due to non-COVID lung complications. He was 41 years old. The announcement shook the wrestling community and the superstars with everyone paying tribute online, including a video tribute from WWE and a heartwarming tribute from AEW. Uh, What are your thoughts on John? And uh, what did you think about the tributes? I mean, 
I didn't realize it was Boxing Day because obviously that period between Christmas and New Year, I don't even know what day of the week it is. I don't need. Yeah, I didn't even know it was because I was just like snooping around on social media and I see like a, a thing that Anna Jay had posted. She's in the Dark Order, and it was something about oh he taught me everything. And then I'm like, what the hell? And then I go on Twitter and then I see John Huber has passed away, aka Brody Lee or Luke Harper, and like my heart just sank because he was gone for a long period of time, but it was one of those things where AEW had kept it close to their chest. They didn't tell us why he was gone for a long time. They didn't say what was going on, but it was one of those where I thought he's probably injured. He's dealing with an injury or probably dealing with some, something. And I'm sure once that's over, he's gonna, he's gonna come back. But I think when um, I think BTE being the elite, they did a, a thing where um, his son, Brody Jr., won the AEW world title of Kenny Omega and he wasn't there. And that's when you're thinking, oh, what is going on? This this can't be a good thing. And then literally a week later, you've got he's passed away. And it's so sad because he it looked like he was on the cusp of really realizing his potential because look i mean he he loved being in wwe he was doing fine but it was one of those where he looked at his lot in wwe and thought i want better than this i believe i'm better than this because obviously this man took one look at him and thought yeah i'm gonna book you as this guy with a southern drawl and it's like i'm from rochester new york okay i'm not this southern hick who's gonna be like yeah 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 and all that stuff is that's not me and so while all of that was pretty it, at times it looked like it could go to another level in wwe he was like i need to leave and then landed in AEW, pretty much revived a, a group a faction that was on the brink of destruction so I don't know if you remember this time last year or sort of December 2019 when they did the angle where they were attacking everybody, the Dark Order, and you could see that the fake punches, they became like a, a ridiculed on social media. Everybody was like, this is a joke. What the hell are they playing at? Putting these people on national television. This group, the Dark Order, were a joke. And Matt and Nick Jackson were like, you know what? We're going to get this group over come hell or high water, we're going to do it. We're going to put them on a level. And then once they had this whole idea about the exalted one, it was originally going to be Matt Hardy, but they kind of went with um, Brody Lee, completely flipped the group on its head. And he became an absolute killer. He became like a, this incredible guy, had a, a very good main event match with uh, John Moxley for the AEW world title, Ended up beating Cody Rhodes for the TNT Championship in like five minutes in a squash. Completely turned the fortunes of the Dark Order. They became this really, really good group. And, you know, stars emerged from, from, from that group. And you could see he was really, really going to gonna go to the top. His last match in uh, AEW was the uh, the chain match with um, Cody Rhodes, where he ended up losing the TNT title back to Cody Rhodes. But you could see that, look, they definitely had plans for him. And 
it was like he was vindicated in the sense that I am a main event player and I can be something in in AEW. And if you talk about the tribute show that they did, it was probably one of the best tribute shows you're ever, ever going to see. It was full of emotion. It was full of fantastic wrestling. The um, the match with uh, Hangman Page, John Silver, and I can't remember his other name, against uh, MJF and uh, Santana Ortiz. That was such an incredible match and you had Brody Jr. getting involved. Obviously MJF is like the the biggest heel in the game and you had Brody Lee whacking him, Brody Jr. whacking him with the kendo stick. It's just one of those feel good shows. It didn't matter about ratings, it didn't matter about whatever. It was just a an overall really good show. The women's tag team match, because obviously AEW gets a lot of stick for their women's division. That was fantastic. Anna J probably had her best match of her career. Tay Conti or Tainara Conti, if you remember from NXT, probably had her best match of her career. Penelope Ford and Britt Baker performed great. That was a really good match. Colt Cabana in the opening match with the Young Bucks, that was probably his best performance in AEW. You had Eric Rowan coming out in one of the matches. Uh, I did. I did enjoy Jericho nearly getting AEW sued because he just kept screaming, "Rowan, it's Rowan!" It's like you can't call him Rowan. His name is Redbeard. And Jericho, and obviously you had um, Excalibur on commentary going, "It's Redbeard! It's Redbeard!" And Jericho's going, "It's Rowan! It's Rowan! It's Rowan!" It's like just playing Rowan. You want to get them sued? Stop it! And he's, you know, his name is Redbeard. And then yeah, the main event with uh, Cody. And uh, Orange Cassidy and um, one of um, Brody's members of uh, favorite members. That was a, a good main event as well. It was it was such a, a heartwarming show, full of emotion. Eddie Kingston's tribute was fantastic. John Moxley's tribute was fantastic. And you know what? In fairness, I did expect WWE to do a, a ten bell salute at the beginning of Monday Night Raw. They didn't. Okay, fine. But at least I think they gave the superstars an opportunity to talk about Brody, to talk about what he meant to them and how much uh, of, of a friend he was to them. So they did that for them. Okay, fine. It's not it's not that deep. I would have liked to have seen the Ten Bell salute considering he was such a, a prominent figure. But um, yeah, they, 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 WWE did what they did and... Yeah, it was it was all right, but yeah, what what AEW did, the the tribute show was just it was just incredible television, and it was just yeah one of the best tribute shows you could ever possibly do for someone. And even though, and you could see like at the end of each matches, that all the talent are just bursting into tears, you know, pointing to the sky, and it was it meant it meant so much to them. It was it was just real, and it was it was almost. Like it was nice to, obviously you don't want to do a tribute show for somebody, but it was again just seeing them as they were and how they all performed out of their skins for this one night. It was just, yeah, it was, it was just incredible. Yeah, uh, I agree with you. Um, it was, it was really, really um, nice to see um, all the stuff that, that you mentioned. I mean. 
once it was uh, announced to announced to me, I mean, once I saw it, when when I saw it on social media, it's really those things that was bewildering and difficult to come to terms with. Um, now, I was I I actually was suffering from COVID uh, over a Christmas period, so I was oh, in damn. I was in uh, bed for like a whole week and didn't really recover until like fourteen days after it. Um, everything's all good now, thankfully. Yeah, um, but yeah, it was um, you know in bed. You know, you all messed messed up. You'll look at your phone for a little bit, and then you'll just go back to sleep and whatnot. And I can remember it like yesterday. I mean, it wasn't that long ago anyway. But it it was one of those things where it was the first time I looked at my phone and got up and go, "What? Do you know what I mean? You know? Yeah, <laughs> being out yeah. of it." I just really wasn't on it anyway, no matter what. But then when I saw that announcement where it says, oh, um, and I think it was WWE. It was on, because I check Instagram mainly. Instagram's my my jam. And um, it was, yeah, Brody Lee. And um, I was like, what? How? Brody? Um, and yeah, it's um, it just really shocked me. Now, I'm not going to pretend to be... Um, you know, the biggest John fan um, or follower. Um, I did, of course, follow him a lot when it came to the Wyatt family back in the day. And, um, you know, when he disappeared and then he came back with Warren um, in SmackDown after Warren had his little stint with um, Daniel Bryan, that was nice to see that, oh, okay, it's promising. He's back now. Maybe they're going to do something. And then obviously nothing happened. And then he eventually just, um, you know, jumped ship and went to AEW, which I thought was good for him. At least he's got another shot. But me as a person that is a casual for AEW, I, I didn't really see much of him except for the odd match or so. But it was still um, quite shocking and heartbreaking to see. And there was two things that really stood out to me in regards to his tributes. Uh, number one was Bray's um, Instagram post. I thought that was just really uh, heartfelt, beautiful, and um, in a lot of cases, raw. You know, you could feel the emotion coming out of that post, and that one really, that one really touched me. Um, and then um, the second one was the AEW tribute. I thought that was beautiful. I thought it was very um, reminiscent of the Rory's Owen episode when Owen Hart passed. Um, I don't know if you can remember that, but that was, that episode always, always stood out to me because I was really, I was young at that age and still not really getting into cafe, you know, kayfabe and what is real and I'm actually like, oh, shit, someone's actually legitimately died. And, like, you're seeing Road Dog crying in the middle of the ring. He couldn't even finish the match. And I was like, wow, this is just proper. And it's always that, that episode has always stuck with me to this day. And to see something reminiscent of that, of AEW, was really, really um, touching. Um, and it really, it really, it really got to me in, in, a, in a pleasing way. Um, for, for two things. One, because it shows that there is that level of respect still 
in the wrestling um, business. And two, that it just shows you how much, despite how, uh, you know, how over they are in kayfabe and what you see on TV, but you don't know, you never know the effects of people um, and how they are with other people behind closed doors. And it just shows you how much he had an impact and how much he was respected and revered and loved um, on both sides of, of, of the promotions on WWE and AEW. And that was just um, really, really beautiful to see. Um, WWE doing the video I thought was nice. Um, was I expecting the 12 bell? Um, I wouldn't have, of course, naturally, I wouldn't have been of, of, um, uh, opposed to it. Um, I didn't expect it though, just naturally because how his ranking was in WWE. I mean, like Animal died two or three months before and Animal was way more prolific uh, um, in, in the wrestling scene and they didn't really do anything except for a little video. Right, which I thought, what? But um, it's just one of those things. Um, so, um, but they did do something which would have been a bad taste if they didn't. And for that, that I think that is, personally for me, is good enough and I'm grateful for that. Um, I, 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 I loved, I loved, uh, you know, having the wrestlers at the top and having the, uh, having the, the the um the armbands i loved his son having the aew title for life um and as you mentioned having to go out at mgf with the kendo stick i loved that uh, and still to this day you know we just had a video leaked with him fighting um um adam bebe <laughs> all right so you know having the you know this is it's all brilliant and I, and i hope that there's a prominent promising future for him, for his son, um, if he chooses to go to that path. Um, but um, for now, I, I'm glad that his memory is alive and and um, that they're keeping it with well thoughts. And I'm not, I'm not seeing anything bad about, do you know what I mean? Like, usually you would see for some people like, mm, yeah, I know, but, you know, especially on Twitter, Twitter, everyone's got some dirt to put out on someone. But um, I've not seen that at all, which just is testament from him, especially from people like Big E. He was a, a he was a great great friend of him, and constantly putting out stuff of stories that I love to to read on what, what they were like backstage, you know. Um, so yeah, uh, that's my thoughts on that. Thought it was brilliant and beautiful, and um, just thoughts and praise to his, his family. Yeah. Forward. I mean, before we uh, go on to uh, the Dolphins and Bills, I just want to say, yeah, um, I think Tony Khan and AEW did say that they gave uh, Brody Jr. a contract for life. So they've kind of set him up with that as long as he chooses to. And I think with the way that they've kind of been, they're like, look, we're going to do right by this family. We're going to do right by uh, Samantha and uh, Brody Jr. and Nolan. And that was decent of them to kind of do that. And yeah, it was one of those where Tony Khan kind of, you can kind of see that. I mean, he's still relatively a novice in terms of doing this, but he can connect with them on a human level more than, I mean, more than Vince. 
but I don't want I don't want to say that, but it's one of those where it's there for 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 you to see. It was one of those where they didn't care about ratings, they didn't care about who's going to watch and who's not going to watch. We're going to do this show whatever we were going to do before. We're going to put that on ice and we're going to save it for another day, but today we're going to do strictly Brody Lee and everything else will kind of pass and that is yeah that is that's real and that's decent that he um did that right so let's let's get down to uh, some uh, nfl and let's uh, talk about uh ashes miami dolphins the dolphin season came to an end as they were blown out by the already crowned afc east champions the buffalo bills it was a day to forget for tua as he threw three interceptions and the Miami defense could not stop a rampant Bills offense. So how can the Dolphins bridge the gap with the Bills next season? The floor is yours, Ash. <laughs> okay. I've got a lot to say. And this is just a tip of the iceberg. You know, I'm saving, I'm saving some. I'm I'm sporadically going to give it a little, you know what I mean? If you eat too much, you just get sick and full, all right? But if I give it you, you know, step by step over a course of a period, you may be able to uh, devour it, swallow it, take it on board, and take heed of these important words that I'm saying right now in regards to the Dolphins, all right? Now, okay, let me start off with the match. And I think I say for all of us, Finns fans, that it was a terrible performance from the Finns. All right, there's just no sugarcoating it. It was absolute hot trash. Um, I think as a campaign to get yourself in the playoffs, ending the regular season with a game like that is not only embarrassing, it's pathetic. Yes, we could have still got in with the Colts, uh, the Steelers, and um, the other team. I can't remember the other team now. Well, so yeah, Browns winning and whatnot, uh, but they don't owe us to, and they're, and they're expected to play to win, right? And it was up to us to play in that position. And that last game, we didn't obviously get into that position. It was it was bad. Um, now people want to put this on tour, um, and he didn't play great at all. I assure you, he didn't play great at all. 35 out of 58, right? With three picks. This was this, this was a bad performance from Tua. Uh, but it wasn't solely uh, a Tua problem. This was a team L, all right? There was 11 dropped passes. The defense allowed 56 points. Um, you know, the best player on the Dolphins was Jason Sanders, right? The kicker, which says it all. So this was a this was just a completely um, a team a, a complete team loss. Uh, it was it was it was terrible, and we're out of the playoffs. So now we can just really focus on um, next season and what we're going to do. Um, Chris Greer and uh, Flow, they had their press conference where they were talking about what you know they they plan to do, or not so much because you know uh, Greer and Flow don't really usually give anything away. Um, they don't even smile, never mind 
give out what what, what they're going to be doing in the off season. Um, although Flo did, well, actually Flo gave a little chuckle, which was like seeing a unicorn. So that was nice to see. But generally, um, they don't really give much away. But they gave a little bit on their press conference on what they thought and where their mind is going into off-season. Um, and how can we bridge the gap with Bills next season from what they said and from my own thoughts? Well, that's all about what we need to do to get better. And although I will delve into it a little bit now, as I said, I'm not going to go too deep into this today because personally for me, I could make this whole podcast about this particular issue. An hour and a half, 90 minutes on this. That's how much that I could be speaking about this. But I'm going to I'm gonna spare you lot. I'm going to, you know, it's the first podcast back to the second season. I'm going to show mercy a little bit. Um, and I know for a fact that we're going to revisit this during off-season and draft day anyway. So, right? So, three points. I'm just going to stick with three points, okay? On what I think we can do to bridge the, the gap with the Bills next season. Number one, we stick with Tua. That's number one, all right? Now, it hasn't been a groundbreaking rookie season for Tua, to say the least. Um, you know, however, coming off from a major injury... Having no pre-season, um, no OTAs, not really supposed to be playing this season anyway, personally. Um, and of course, just the fact of being a rookie, that's kind of expected. Uh, you know, nowadays, people expect rookie QBs to come out hot, hot, quicker than Pop-Tarts. But that just isn't the case. Yeah, sorry, that just isn't the case. And no matter how much these... Um, NFL analysts will have you believe, but you can have a mediocre or bad season and still end up coming great. Peyton Manning, Favre, Russell Wilson, heck, even Josh Allen, who torched us, right? Were all mediocre, if not trash, in their rookie season. Imagine calling them a bus now. No one would do that, right? Imagine giving up on them on the first season, right? He came in six weeks. Tua came in six weeks, so nine games. Nine games. He didn't even fully play a full season. Off no preseason, off a injury, and we want to give up on him. It's a joke. It's an absolute joke. Um, so, you know, um, we, we, can't, we can't be like this. Unfortunately, I'm seeing this for Miami Dolphin fans as well. And this is what really winds me up. In fact, this is why I come out of Miami Dolphin groups because they're the most fickle fans on the planet. You know, I can remember at the start of the season, you know, some fans were debating whether to give him the number 13. Should we should we unretire the Marino number 13 and give it to Tua? He's going to be our starting quarterback. He's going to change it. He's going to light up. And now these same people... <laughs> that wanted to unretire the legendary number 13 number for Miami Dolphins, and I'll say he's a bust. Yeah? So, should we unretire 13? Obviously not, because that will always be Marino's, and that should always be Marino's, and he won't be the next Marino. We shouldn't expect that from him. But is he a bust at the same time? Absolutely not. It's a rookie season. He needs more flipping time. My thoughts are on Tuba as a player from a psychological and leadership perspective, 
is this. Tua is gifted, both physically and grounded, right? This can't be argued. We know that. His ability put him in the best situation at high school and college. However, his teams were filled with stars, right? So he had Ruggs, he had Judy, he had Lamp. And so because of that, he never really faced adversity until now, right? Coming with his hip injury, coming to Miami, um, Dolphins team, which from last season had a five-win record, right? Um, now he's now he's seen these adversities coming. He's like, oh, right? And the man who I see who was balling in Alabama seems to be a little broken now. Personally, to me, his body language isn't confident. Um, and despite that, you know, I thought the NFL was going to be a little bit easier. Silly comment that he made. Um, you know, once he got humbled at mile high uh, by the Broncos, that's when he started to realise, okay, maybe it's, an, it's not that. And even go as far to say, maybe there was even a little questioning of himself on if he's good enough, um, especially when he got a bench during that game, uh, which is why I was totally against it. Um, now, he has the work ethic and moral fortitude. I'm certain of that. But I think once he has the tools to be successful, how he handles uh, these things off-season and next season and building his confidence will determine whether he rises or falls. Yeah? So this is, we need to stick with Tua, but Tua needs to work on his confidence and his self-belief and if he does that and gets over that hump, then he's then he's gonna go places. However, saying that, that leads to my second point, which is weapons. All right? He needs weapons. Now, I'm not the person who believes that everything has to be in place for the QB to be perfect. Right? <coughs> all the pieces need to be in place for the QB to be great. In fact, that seldom happens at all in the NFL. And really, what makes a quarterback great is that despite these challenges, they still overcome and they still smash it, right? This is why we think that Mahomes is going to be probably one of the legendary greats because of his playoff run of having plus 15 to 20 deficit and still smashing it and coming from behind and winning all the way up to the Super Bowl. Um, and if you look at all teams in the playoffs right now, every team has weakness to have a kryptonite. What, which, once exposed, could destroy them. However, despite being a great quarterback, it's almost impossible to get to a Super Bowl, Super Bowl without some world-class, reliable weapons. And I challenge anyone to... to, to no, one, no one will believe that, right? Teams have to have their Alvin Kamaris or their Devontae Adams or their Tra Travis Kelseys to help you get to the playoffs. It's as simple as that. Why do you think Brady left the Patriots? Obviously... There was that back and forth with Belichick, but he was like, look, you need to give me some weapons. And if you're not going to give me my weapons, I'm going to bounce. And he did. And he went to a team that he thought would give him the better option. So, <clears throat> um, you know, they had and still have no one. Poor Cam. So Tua needs weapons. He needs wide receivers. He needs a great O-line as well. You know, he had the shortest amount of time to throw than a lot of the QBs in this league, including Mahomes, Wilson, Rodgers and Breeze. And that's because our O-line is softer than baby shit. So we need weapons. Yeah? Uh, and lastly, 
Uh, three is uh, the news of Changeli finally retiring, and we'll get to that in the end, uh, the NFL news. Um, but now is a great opportunity to get another perspective of a view of the playbook and how Tua can unleash. We've seen him do it versus Arizona and the Chiefs. We've seen that spark of him going down and throwing those bombs to Gizicki and right. So, um, you know, it's time to get an OC who will let Tua play to his strengths. Um, of course, if it is the case that Gailey was limited in. Um, some have said it wasn't Gailey. Um, it was, in fact, it was Flores because he's more defensive-minded and he didn't want him to take unnecessary risk with Tua. But whatever the case, whatever true that is, I have no idea. Personally, now we have a new um, OC coming in the off-season. There's no excuse now. Now we will know from the second season whether it's make or break for Tua. Um, but he still needs the time and he still needs some of these things that I mentioned in place, which are the weapons and a new OC um, for that to bridge the gap for the Bills. Ah, okay, my turn. This was actually quite from what I from what I listed. That was relatively precise. Yeah, that was yeah. relatively right. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. You can say what you like. This is your team. I mean, I remember saying even in the height of Tua Mania when he was winning all of those games, I remember saying from the jump, Miami is going somewhere. There is a competency in management. Even at times on the field, I can see what they're doing and where they're going. But my thing was, you need weapons. You need playmakers Devonte parker you're you're doing amazing sweetie but he is not he's not that next level he's not he's not gonna change the game for you 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 need someone like that you need your own travis i mean you, you need your own tyreek hill you need a Devonte adams you need a julio jones adam thielen you need one of those guys who's just gonna make a play when he hasn't got the when he hasn't got the right to make plays. I think the reason why I love Julio because at times he used to make plays where he had no right to make a play. What are you doing making that catch, you idiot? You're not supposed to. You need people like that. And um well it just so happens that a wide receiver won the Heisman trophy and he's shares the same alma mater as Tua Tongavailoa. He's from a school where wide receivers are coming in the plenty. Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Henry Ruggs, Amari Cooper, Jerry Judy. That's to name a few. This guy, this kid, you need to draft him. He needs to be the guy. Him and Tua, you need to draft him. And you, I, I, there's a whole list of wide receivers who are in free agency maybe take a chance on one of those guys put out the money and if by some miracle or not miracle but if in whatever way Julio Jones is available for free agency as much as it pains me to say it if I'm a Miami guy I'm going to be going to the Falcons you know what that first round pick that we have in 18th 
Take it. Take it, take it, take it, take it, take it, take it, take it. I just think he's been unlucky with injuries, but he can still bang. I want him to stay, but if we're going to stick with this, if he's going to be there with the same old bullshit, look, okay, Dirk Cutter has to go. I mean, as an offensive coordinator that Miami can have, can I interest you in Dirk Cutter? Nope. <laughs> But um, honestly, with 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 Miami and how they can bridge the gap, yeah, just get two weapons. He's got the arm. I've seen it for myself in Alabama. Dude threw a pass from second and twenty-five, or was it, to win the college championship? Who's making a throw at second and twenty-five? Who's got the the absolute brass neck to do that? Tua does. I think he needs an offensive coordinator that's going to let him do that. It's going to let him just just let those arms go. Let them go. Let them go. Let them go. Get out of the pocket. Don't wait to get sacked. Don't be conservative and think, right, my own, my offensive line is going to get me out of trouble. I've seen, I have seen enough from Tua to suggest that he's still got another gear, another level in him. You're... Because you're not, everyone's not going to be Patrick Mahomes. You're not. It's just not going to happen. People need to get that out of their thick skulls. You, everybody isn't going to be Patrick Mahomes. I remember, I think Jared Goff took him ages to get going. Took him ages, and now look at him. I think he's 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 doing he's doing all right for himself. Lots of lots of quarterbacks. I mean, he's not. I mean, he's not. He's not going to be a Carson Wentz. Let's be real. He's not going to just start reasonably well and then flatline. He's not going to do that. He's going to he's going to be a lot a lot better than uh walk it to him ever was. But um I think in terms of the Bills as well. I mean, man, I remember starting this podcast and thinking, yeah, the Bills are good, but show me something. And man, they are showing me something. They are They are legit. Josh Allen is legit and look we're talking about people with weapons. He's got Cole Beasley. He's got Stefan Diggs. Come on. What happens with a quarterback when you give him that weapons? Hell, I think, I even think First Cousins might do something with Vikings, with uh, Jeffries and Adam Thielen and, 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 and those guys. Look at those guys with weapons and how good they are. You need, I mean, there was times when I was watching that game where Tua was making great throws, but they were dropping them. Yeah. Your, one, there was one where your man, it was Tua literally threw it at his chest. Secure the ball, yeah. fool. There's Dude's no accurate. Dude yeah, he's accurate. accurate. Absolutely <laughs> accurate. I think the touchdown pass he threw at the end, I mean, it didn't really matter as much, but it was a sensational throw. Don't know who he threw that to, but. um. Whoever made the throw and catch, that was that was great. I think Kasiki is good. I think he's a good tight end. I think he's uh, well worth investing on and, and building on in, in that position. But I just think, you know what? A couple of wide receivers, trade for one, get someone from free agency. I think Miami have got cap space for that. Draft Devontae Smith. That needs to be the motive. Don't you worry about the quarterbacks that are going to be available and the, the 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 defensive pass rushes. You leave the quarterbacks and the defensive players to us teams who need it more than <laughs> you do. Okay, 
Leave it for the Jets and the Falcons and the 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 the, 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 the Jags. You leave them kind of players to us. There is a a Heisman Trophy wide receiver. He shares the same alma mater as Tua Tunga Vailoa. It's a no-brainer. Don't you be picking those kind of other players, all right? Okay. You leave them to us. Shit. So, <laughs> first of all, about this QB situation, because this keeps on going, and is, you know, as much as I would like to just wait until the offseason to speak about it, and I need to address it now because it's just, I need to get off my chest, right? It's just this, yeah. I don't mind taking a quarterback in 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 the upcoming draft. All right, I do not mind taking a quarterback in the upcoming draft. Now listen to me, and listen to me now. Listen to what I'm saying, okay? I loved what Chris Greer said when he was asked, "Would you take another as far as competition going for Tua Tagovailoa on not knowing what's happening with uh, Fitzpatrick? Would you take a?" quarterback as a competition for Tua and Chris Greer he said it beautifully so poetic I couldn't say it better than myself he said that he believes in competition as a principle anyway right that's for any great player on the team with Favre you had Rodgers nipping at his heels with Bledsoe you had Brady nipping at his heels okay let's take a corner to have someone nipping at the heels of Xavier Howard who smashed it this season, right? No one should be comfortable. No one should be comfortable. But he said, we are very happy with Tua's progress and he will be starting next season. So I loved the fact that he mentioned, look, in regards to competition, we will always do things to not let our players relax and think, you know what, I got this job. I don't need to worry. I don't need to look behind my back. No, we will always do something um, as competition, but Tua, we're happy with Tua. He's our starter. Now, personally, in regards to my stance on taking a QB in the upcoming draft, personally, I wouldn't take a QB in the third pick, all right? We have more important needs than a quarterback, okay? Devontae Smith, as you mentioned, first high, uh, wide receiver to win Heisman Trophy in 30 years, okay? <clears throat> In the same our matter as Tonga Vailo, it's a, a no-brainer. Um, there's also reports on his getting a linebacker, although whether we need that, um, that can be debated. I think it's still a good argument that we do need one. Um, we do need good playmakers. Personally, I would love to see someone for the O-line because our O-line, to get at a neat O-line is, is so hard. You know, we talk about wide receivers, but we've just mentioned Joe, Judy, CD, Lamb, Ruggs, and all of these coming out of the year. So it's not hard to get good wide receivers, even when it comes to trades. But to get good O-line players, it is very, very difficult. So in regards to the third pick, that is who I would spend. I wouldn't be mad if we do get Devante, uh, Devante uh, but um, if it was... Um, if it was an O-line, that would be that would be great as well. Now, we also have the 18th pick and we also have the 35th pick. 34th or 35th pick. All right. If a QB, if a great quarterback drops down 
to the 18th or the 35th, what's there to say that we shouldn't take that person, that quarterback? Of course we should. Why not? Do you know what I mean? It, just like Rogers in who was in 24th, right? No one was taken, and people Green Bay were like, "What? You're not? T- All right, we'll take him." What? 24th, you know, 24th pick, Wilson, 75th pick in the third round. No one was taking him. If we, if he lands on that, if a quarterback like that lands on our up, why should we not take him? It's just dumb not to not, to not take him. So yeah, I think it would be. It, uh, I I don't oppose not take. I don't oppose taking a quarterback in the next draft, but I just don't think it should be a high draft. Um, alternatively, if we don't take Devontae Smith, I would be up for using our third pick as um as as an investment to swap with another team so that if Tua doesn't lie up in the next season then at least we've got another high um draft pick in the first round to take a quarterback if we don't take another quarterback in the later rounds yeah. in the upcoming draft i mean there is a pretty decent offensive tackle who's going to be in the draft. I think Panay Sewell, I think his name is. I think he's, if the Jets don't pick him up, then I could probably see Miami picking him up. Or if you think, what, Justin Fields or Zach Wilson? I think they're the other quarterbacks other than, because obviously look, Fields is going to foul. Jags, 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 Jags are going to pick um, Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, Whatever. Yeah. Done. Which leaves, I think, Zach Wilson and Justin Fields, the other two. I think Justin um, Fields plays for Ohio State. I don't know where the other guy plays for, but um, I, th- I think we're going to go after a pass rusher first. Really? I think, yeah, pass rusher. Got, Falcons, got really? Yeah, edge. Got to get someone who can touch the quarterback because we haven't go got that at all. You haven't, you, haven't got a, you haven't got a decent quarterback. And Matt Ryan now potentially being traded. We'll speak about that later. I have a feeling Zach Wilson and Justin Fields won't get picked up. Actually, Detroit are going to probably want to draft a quarterback, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, Stafford isn't that bad for Detroit. But... Yeah, but but I, you know what? I I think he'll be a slap in the face if Miami drafted a quarterback. An absolute in the high pick, slap in the, high... in the face. In a high pick, yeah. yeah, yeah if I you're agree. picking a quarterback... You you mad? What the hell was Tank for two all about then? What the hell was that all about? That's 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 not going to help his confidence much. If you're going to draft in a quarterback, forget about competition. Let Ryan Fitzpatrick be his competition. Did you? Ryan Fitzpatrick is not the Fitzpatrick is not the future. We need two quarterbacks that can potentially be the future. It's as simple as that. Fitzpatrick hasn't even gone to the playoffs. He hasn't even gone to the playoffs. Never mind being the future. Okay. So we need quarterbacks to be the future. Okay. Tua, I do hope. And I think he, we need to give him time, but I do hope he will be the future. If he isn't, then we need to have that emergency. We need to have that. But fine, fine, fine. Have that, but don't do it now. Don't do it in this draft. Use Why this not? draft. Use this draft to help Tua. Get him protection. Get him wide receivers. I don't think um, Devontae Smith is the only one. I think uh, Jamari something. He's another good yeah, wide receiver yeah, that's gonna that's gonna go really high in the draft. Get one of those two guys. 
help him. Don't just think, you know what, right, we're going to we're gonna uh, get in a new quarterback competition for Tua and we're going to go into the season with our lot in offense. That's not going to work. Do you know why? You're going to have to because help him. Quarterbacks usually work when it comes to draft. And wide receivers and other pieces usually work when it comes to trades. So, really, if we're going to take a quarterback, we're not going to do it through trading, are we? Because why are we going to take someone from another team that's already been played out or has not worked enough? That's not going to happen. If we're going to take a quarterback, that's going to be the potential future of the franchise. And then we're going to take someone who's fresh, that knows our system, and that is being cultivated and not only being, um, not only being cultivated, being nurtured, right? So <clears throat> if we're going to take a quarterback at all, it has to be through the draft. It can't be through trades. Whereas wide receivers, O-line and other places, that can be through um, trades. So, um, yeah. But I agree in regards to high draft um, for quarterback. I don't think we should do that. But if, you know, the 35th pick and then we've got a great quarterback that's there, to say, no, we shouldn't take it just because it will upset too is just, I don't think that's the right. I think that's it. I think we should take it. Cool. And I'm sure, yeah, this isn't going to be the last we talk about this or even the draft. So, uh, watch <laughs> yeah, this yeah. space. Of course. All right. Okay. So, Hogan working himself into a shoot, um, as you may have known, if you did inflict yourself with watching the Legends episode of Raw not long ago. Hulk Hogan turned up. But before that, uh, speaking to uh, wrestling journalists, it is believed that the current crop of talent dislike him for wanting to take their main event spot. Hulk said, quote, I think young guys don't like me because they think I'm going to steal the main event or something. So, do you think Hogan is right or is he delusional? Do you know what? It's crazy because the only reason why I even like professional wrestling in the first place is because of Hulk Hogan. Agreed. Like Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair are the, the two. And Ultimate Warrior. That, my other one was Ricky Steamboat. Like those three for me, I would watch WCW and I would just turn up the volume every time Ric Flair would go, me. That used to be my thing, and Hulk Hogan just being the biggest white meat baby face, and seeing him now, I'm just like, shut the fuck up. Why are you here? Why are you still a thing? Like everything about him now, I just look at him, I just think, you know what? You're not even real. You're just a gimmick. You're not even. I don't. I don't remember the last time he was Terry Balea. I. I just think he's too lost in this whole thing yeah and him just rambling on about young people and things like that it's just like shut up i don't care what you think you're you don't matter anymore you're not relevant (sighs) yeah he was on monday night raw and the legend show but i wouldn't i mean apart from him i wouldn't want to be a legend seeing how they just pretty much made them all look like absolute idiots and the whole Hulk Hogan 
and Drew McIntyre doing the whole "What you gonna do, brother?" And Drew McIntyre just happens to be facing off against a black guy. Man, I wanted that nigga Keith Lee to win so bad, so bad. Seeing that, yeah, that wasn't just... gonna happen. Of course, of course, and you know, I I like Drew McIntyre anyway, but um, yeah, just seeing all of that was just yeah, I I, I don't I don't really need to be hearing about Terry Bollea in 2021. I'm not gonna call him by his uh, kayfabe name anymore. He's Terry Bollea to me, and I'm not gonna. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, uh, we're not going to really spend long on this seg- segment because it's just pathetic. Um, but, you know, it's in the news, so what, we'll say a few words on it. But, yeah, it's of course, it's pure delusion, right? Pure delusion. We will gradually get into the Legends Road later on. Um, but in regards to this particular section about what he said, this is the shit. This is... This is... This is the like the shit why I continue to detest him, and um, it's funny that you say that. You know what got me into wrestling was Hulk Hogan. Same as well. Same Hogan, Ultimate Warrior is what like he introduced me to wrestling. I fell in love when it came to the Attitude Era and Bret Hart, and a little even bit before that with Bret Hart. But what introduced me, my first eyes, was Hulk Hogan, and now to see him to be not even a shadow of himself, but just to be the disgraced human that he is, is really um, sad. He's just become a part of himself. He's not even relevant. And the last time he was, was probably his MTV reality show where he was with his family that have all left him now. Um, so, yeah, um, you know, this isn't because he's going to take the main spot because he can't take the main spot. He can't do shit. It's because people don't like you. You've been known to be racist. You've not apologized. You, well, you have apologised, but it was a cookie-cutter apology, which doesn't really mean shit. You haven't really changed your ways. And it shows that you haven't changed your ways because you come up with this ridiculous thoughts of people thinking you're going to take the main uh, show away from them when really you should have the self-awareness to know, oh, actually, probably because I was a piece of shit and I need to change and I haven't probably shown that. But no, nah, that doesn't cross his mind because it's just some middle-aged white man, American at the end of the day, who still thinks the world owes him anything. So, um, yeah, he, it's, it's a joke, it's a laugh, and um, it's sad that um, the hero who we all thought when we was young is just a disgraced, um, tanned ball bag. Yeah. Speaking of one uh, ridiculous to another, the NFC East. So the NFC East ended with a bang and controversy as the Washington football team were crowned champions after beating a hapless Eagle side. And in the other game, the Giants managed to beat the Cowboys. However, they could only watch as Doug Peterson took off Jalen Hurts for Nate Sudfeld and Washington left with a win and a spot in the playoffs. So do you think the Eagles tanked to prevent the Giants winning the NFC East? Um, I think it did. It's just so, so hard to argue against it. Um, but I don't believe Dougie P was alone in this debacle. I think the instructions came from the top, Howie or whoever it is to do so. Um, so I suspect foul play. Dougie P hasn't been great this year. We can say about walk it to him or limp it to him once. We, we can talk about the O-line. We can talk about 
many foes of that team. But Dougie P hasn't been great either. His play calling has been sus. I think he's kind of right. Take it upon his head because he's won that Super Bowl now. He's just been gassed on that ever since. And he's been making these stupid little plays thinking, well, I'm going to outsmart with something that will people think will never work, but will work and hasn't worked because it just wouldn't work, right? Um, but I don't think he's that delusional to think replacing <laughs> Jalen Hurts with Sudfield would win. I don't think that at all. I think it's because he was giving instructions for the top um, to say, look, you haven't been great at your job either. Just like walk to once you'll be bouncing if you don't do what we told you to do. And so um, he probably did that. Which will be difficult because, look, how can you as a coach go into the locker room and look them in the eye and said, convincingly, I did everything that I could to try and win that game? No way. No chance. No chance whatsoever. And it was even reported by Miles Sanders that we was pissed at the locker room. People were ready to throw hands. Like, what, what the fuck are you doing? What are you talking about? You're just going to... We had a chance to win. You're just going to blow it. So, um, you know, it was a blatant tank move. Now, I don't feel sorry for the Giants one bit. You can't win six games and you talk about, oh, the Eagles ruined my chance for the playoffs. You do that to yourself. So shut up, sit back, enjoy the rest of the playoffs from the couch like you deserve to because no one owes you a playoff spot. Heck, we won 10 games and we didn't get it. And we're not making excuses. It's just how the cookie crumbles, unfortunately. Um, but we won four more games in you and we didn't get it. So if you think that you're winning six games and you should be in the playoffs, you're having a laugh. You're just lying to yourself. Now, in regards to um, this whole thing about tanking um, and whether that's a thing um, and whether that's good or not for the game, there is that debate, right, about integrity on the game on both sides, right? Find people on both sides. Find people on both sides, folks, right? So <laughs> one side is you should always try to win the game no matter what is or isn't at stake, right? And this has kind of been the unspoken rule. That's how it is. However, the same organisation who tanked could say, well, we did. We actually did because we wasn't going to get into the playoffs anyway, even if it did win. And we did everything in our power due to that to put our team in a better position by getting the sits in the overall draft. So why is it bad, right? So, you know, you can look at it from both sides. Um, I'm conflicted personally, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, is that the, the, there was a tank, but, you know, where do you see yourself? Do you see it as, well, you know, we did it as a good thing? because it helps us with a draft, or we did it in a bad thing because you should always try to win the game no matter what. Absolutely. And obviously, Philadelphia, the city of uh, Petty LaBelle, of course <laughs> they tanked. That's the most pettiest shit I've seen in the NFL in what? God what? knows how long. Philadelphia is the, Petty. Is the, is the city Petty. Of, of Rocky. Is the city of never it's giving up. It's literally, literally what that city and what that film is all about. Don't give up, Rocky. Uh, one more round, Rocky. One more round. One more round. <laughs> <laughs> right? Rocky quit. <laughs> That's what happened. Rocky quit. Shit. 
Oh. He didn't quit. Of course they did. It was the most pettiest shit ever. They could have easily have gotten the ball up the field and and probably punched it in for 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 a touchdown, which would have took them to the lead and they would have probably won the game. Of course they did. And if this isn't a sign that Doug Peterson needs to go, I don't know what is. Obviously, I don't think Eagle fans are going to be that mad that they prevented the the New York Giants from making a, an appearance to the playoffs. But come on, man. It was, it was clear as day. I called foul play from the minute I saw... I'm like, who the hell is Nate Sudfield? I'd never heard of this guy before in my life. No, he hasn't played in three seasons. <laughs> Where's Walk It To Him? At least if you're going to tank, bring, bring out my guy, Walk It To Him. Give him another chance. Walk it's walking to another franchise. <laughs> he better get up out of there, boy. Walk it, walk it to him. You better walk in on out. Shit, but um, I've got... yes, of course they 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 they, they tank. They, they 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 deliberately did that shit on purpose. I mean, nobody actually expected um the Giants to beat the Cowboys. <laughs> I thought I honestly thought, right, you know what? They're gonna win the Cowboys. I thought the Cowboys I did. were gonna win. No. Even for the uh the, the Giants were gonna beat the Cowboys, of course. Even the even the even the pointless uh playoff game in the fantasy football, well, I thought, you know what, I'm gonna get Andy Dalton. He's gonna have CeeDee Lamb, he's gonna have uh Gallup, he's gonna have Amari Cooper. This is gonna be great. And they lost. Are you kidding me, Cowboys? Are you kidding me? I beg your pardon? I beg your pardon? And, look, look. and, and, and my opponent happened to have first cousin playing <laughs> the game of his life. God damn it, Kim Falkirk. Could you not have saved that for when I'm not facing you? Motherfucker scored more points than Mahomes did against uh, the, the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, man. But the, anyway, yeah, it's like the Cowboys somehow did the incredible thing and lost, and the Giants are thinking, you know what? Yes, we've done it. Yeah, but uh, you know, good karma came to Washington Football Team. You see what happens when you don't be racist? You get to win the division. See. See, got rid of that racist name, and they're NFC East champions. Um, I don't think um, Dougie P is going to go one because I don't think that the decision was from him anyway, and two, even if it was, he's won a Super Bowl, the only Super Bowl for that franchise, and he will rest on that laurels for at least I another get five it, years. Okay, he will. He will never have to buy a cheesesteak in Philly ever again. Okay, we get it. He won a. He won the chip. Okay, but uh, they will continue to fail with him at the helm. You think so, yeah? Yes. Yes. They won't make the playoffs again. If they stand still with Dougie P, then I can see the Giants getting better. I can see Washington football team getting better. Hell, I think the Cowboys... Yes, I think the Cowboys might have another level in them. Not with McCarthy at the helm. 
probably not. So yeah, it'll be Cowboys and Eagles scrambling for bottom place. I think they I think they need to flip the script in 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 Philly. Stop with this. Oh, but Dougie P won a chip. He won a chip. No, 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 no. Mike McCarthy won a chip with Green Bay. Look how he's struggling. Sure. Sure. Good point. Yeah, he, 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 he's got to go. And if you're watching that game on Sunday and think that Eagles team can go somewhere with Dougie P as uh, as coach, then, uh, yeah, you're sadly okay. mistaken. Okay, right. So, uh, in wrestling news, not much uh, was going on in the world of wrestling. Uh, we had SmackDown with a lot of repeat matches. And, of course, the feud between uh, Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns continued with uh, Kevin Owens uh, beating uh, Jay, but then Roman Reigns throwing him off uh, the stance. And then we had Raw take place with the uh, Casuals Fishing Rod Legends uh, episode with um, a lot of pointless cameos taking place um, and a horrible um, end to um, what was just a disaster dumpster fire episode. But uh, there were other things in the news as well, like Wrestle Kingdom 15 and... um, what would have been an unfortunate situation with Bailey's brother, but now um, with him being lost, but now he's being found. Um, anything from those things that I mentioned in the news that you wanted to pick up on? Yeah. So SmackDown, right? They had this really good Christmas show. I think they managed to get like three, four million in 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 the ratings. In, in ratings, yeah. And what did they do the next week? <laughs> Heat, heat, heat. They just beat the shit out of Kevin Owens. I mean, you predicted that he was going to win. Are you crazy? Kevin Owens winning. That guy's getting constantly the shit kicked out of him. He got thrown off a building. And just everything about the booking is just so ass backwards. So you had um, Sasha back to Carmella. They had a very good match at the pay-per-view. Probably one of Carmella's best matches of her career by a, by a long way. And what did they do on SmackDown? They pinned Sasha Banks to set up another match. If you're going to do that, surely you should do that first. Have Carmella pin Sasha Banks and then go to the pay-per-view and say, okay, this is the match. The same thing with the tag team match. So Street Profits are facing uh, Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler. They beat Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler. And what did they do? They get Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler to beat the shit out of the Street Profits, set up an angle, but you just had the match where Street Profits beat them. It's not difficult. It really is not difficult to do this. And you talk about the legend show. It's so much of a legend because you literally had Randy Orton take it in turns to collectively shit on the legends. You literally brought them in for that? For Randy Orton to come in to Big Show and just basically be like, killer. stop it, man, stop <laughs> it. He goes up to the Big Show, you ain't shit. He goes up to Mark Henry. And what did Big Show do? He sat his ass down. He sat his ass down. They called Big Show for that? Big bitch sat his ass down. <laughs> 
They done bought Big Show for that. Yo, Henry I'd rather Zimmer frame. What I, the I, fuck I, could he do? <laughs> how? Where did he get that gimmick from? Big Show can walk fine. Not much I'm sure Big Show would rather have been rejected by his Netflix show again than to have to endure <laughs> being spoken down to by Ryan Newell. And he had Mark Henry. When did the nigger end up on a wheelchair? I'm sure he can walk. <laughs> yeah, but That's I what think I, I do. Hall of pain. <laughs> and you got Randy Orton just basically going, you better wheel your black ass out of here before I slap you into next week. I think that's genuine. Uh, I think that's genuine things, man. I is think it? because of this weightlifting, apparently, this is what I saw from, I mean, it could be just Marks on Twitter, but apparently he had um, genuine, like, because he's been, weight, he's been weightlifting as well, it, it took a toll on him when he's getting older. So it's not like he can't walk. He just uses it as a facility to. to and then you had um, Ric Flair trying to draw Gyal in 2021. I don't need to see Ric Flair going, woo, you know, doing the whole styling and profiling with Lacey Evans. I don't need to see that, okay? This is not 1983. This ain't 83. I don't need to see Ric Flair trying to draw Gyal. And with the whole, yeah, and, and with Charlotte just basically. Chewing his ear out, going, Get out of my ring, get out of my face. And then you got Randy Orton going, Is this the guy that taught me everything I know? Like, get out of my face, old man. Again, just taking a dump. And, yeah. and, and then you have the main event. Do you think, oh my god, Drew McIntyre Keith Lee had an incredible match? Doom, doom, yeah, doom. Doom, he doom. that same energy. Ah, you, you said Goldberg is sick. You said he's a crowd drawer. Yes. That same yes. energy. I will I keep that same energy. You know what? You, you know what? I will, <laughs> I will keep that same energy. I will. Okay? I will. I will keep that same energy. In summer of 98, <laughs> I will keep that same energy. Okay? This is 2021. I do not need to no. see Bill Goldberg, the Hall of Famer. He's got his ring. He's got his chip. Or, 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 you know how he came back and he faced off against someone like Dolph Ziggler? That's fine. Do that. Do that. Don't, yeah, do fine. Dolph Ziggler is a beautiful bumper. He's a beautiful seller. That's where you utilize someone like Goldberg if you have to. If you have to. I don't need to see Goldberg in the main event scene in 2021. What? What do you got? No, you got nobody else? Because, of course, Vince McMahon doesn't know how to book anybody. He hasn't got the, 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 the foggiest how to book anybody. So, the in a way... fortitude. I'm I'm not surprised in a way that Goldberg is going to be out there, and I am absolutely petrified for Drew McIntyre. But you said it just last season. Goldberg is a crowd drawer. He's yeah, he, he's the one in, that in brings it. In '98, <laughs> why shouldn't we? Why shouldn't we bring Goldberg? He 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 he's a great wrestler. He's a great crowd drawer. Why should in '98? In '98, I didn't say he was a draw in 2020, and I didn't say that we need to. You be said that. You just said that. Just in the main a event. Ago, damn it! Yeah, I said, I said. I said. I said what Goldberg's history was, and Goldberg's history is there for everybody to see. 
I'm not. I, n- I never said once that Goldberg should be in the main event scene in 2020 or 2021. I didn't say that at all. I never said that at all. I said Goldberg is a legend, which he is. I said that Goldberg was a draw for WCW, which he was. I said that Goldberg was over in WCW, which he was. But I don't need to see him going against Drew McIntyre at the Royal Rumble. You said he was a draw in WWE as well. I never said he was drawing WWE. I never said that. I said I talked about his past and what I knew from watching WCW. I don't really care for Goldberg in WWE and how he was there in 2003. I didn't really care for him then. Whatever. And I don't care for him now. If I want to see Goldberg in a match, I want to see him where he's facing Adolf Ziggler in a pointless mid-card match. Not fighting the WWE champion in one of your big four pay-per-views for the WWE title where I don't know if Vince wakes up on the wrong side of the bed. How about we put the belt on him, pal? You know what? What I just didn't understand about the promo was that Drew McIntyre Behind the scenes, right? He was getting all riled, riled up when it came to Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan was gassing him up. You're amazing, you're amazing, brother. Going on all how Hulk Hogan does, right? Uh, he was, again, showing respect to uh, Jimmy Hart and showing that, you know, I'm the new guy, but, you know, I'm respected. He was doing all of that. And then Goldberg then comes out and says, you're disrespecting the legends. What the frig was that all about? Did he not, did he not sit, did, do you know what it was? It's because he had that, he had that promo in his head and he just went with it, regardless of what the frig happened backstage. He just thought, I don't know how to improvise. So shit, I'm just going to go with it anyway. And just but I think fucking... the part of that is, is that the show was kind of, it was basically a creative clusterfuck. Like they had no idea what they were doing. They were running out of time in a three hour show somehow. They were running out of time. Can you imagine? And so it was one of those where get out of there, get out of there, pal. We got two minutes. Go out there. Whatever. You're next. And then whatever, man. Just just go. I don't care for you. And what else? Yeah, Wrestle Kingdom. I ha- I did the unfortunate thing of watching some of the Wrestle Kingdom before watching some clips of Raw, and I'm like, ha, ah, you know in The Simpsons where Homer's building that uh, thing for the, the dog or whatever, and he's like, ah, oh, this is a nice house. Why can't mine look like this? And that's how it was watching New Japan and WWE. And obviously, some of the big things to take away from Wrestle Kingdom was Kota Ibushi, being the uh, new IWGP heavyweight and intercontinental champion. He defeated Tetsuya Naito on night one and successfully defended against Jay White. Another really good match was uh, Kazuchika Okada and Will Ospreay. I think Will Ospreay is being geared up to be one of the the top heels of the company with his uh, faction. And uh, yeah, obviously Okada in the Tokyo Dome, you know he's going to ball out and that's exactly what what he did and what that um, what that match was, and in terms of NXT and the uh, New Year show, you had uh, Raquel Gonzalez beating Rhea Ripley in the last Women's Standing match, and it now seems for the world that Rhea Ripley will be called up, along with uh, Damian Priest, who lost to Karrion Cross, 
And it seems that he's now going to get called up as well. Finn Balor retains his title by beating uh, Kyle O'Reilly. And uh, Santos Escobar defeated um, Grand Metalik in the CMLL AAA derby or the Lucha match. So, yeah, that was um, that. And, uh, yeah, thank goodness for Bailey's brother being uh, found. I think because he was an army guy. And it was one of those where it was, look, all hands on deck. We've got to find this dude. We've got to do something about it. And, uh, yeah, thank, thank, thank God everything worked out for Bailey and her brother. And, yeah, he was uh, found in like 90 seconds on that post, right? Or something like ridiculously fast like that. Yeah, that's the, 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 the good of social media. Steelers at Browns. So Cleveland Browns managed to fend off a late comeback from the Steelers to book their place in the playoffs for the first time in 13 years. 13 years the Browns are in the playoffs, like I predicted. So how far do you think the Browns can go? Surprisingly, I picked the Browns to win this one. I picked the Browns to win this one. And that's because um, I just have this, I don't know, I just have this disdain for the Steelers of being frauds, right? Um, forget the TikTok dancing on the logos and juju and whatnot. Just, they've just been frauds generally as a team, right? They've won easy teams and then it comes to some difficulty and they've just shut the bed, right? Um, and everyone is like, well, it's the Browns, the measly Browns. And because they haven't been in the playoff run in 13 years, people just can't shrug it. But you've just forgot that the Steelers absolutely got their ass whipped by, by the Bengals. So they ain't all that either, right? So, um, you know, the Browns are a different team. Now, Kevin Stefanski, obviously, um, with COVID rules, and unfortunately, get, and he, he's, he's got it now. He's apparently he's contracted the virus. So, um, you know, speedy recovery for him. Um, him not being there is going to be a big deal because he's a playmaker. He's a playmaker. He's been absolutely boring it. Um, and, you know, Tomlin has more playoff experience. But in regards to strength right now, still, um, the strength of the teams, the Browns still still, still have it over the edge. I still think Hunt, Landry, Chubb, they're, 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 they're going to eat. And I don't think, despite um, the, the, def- the defense of the Steelers, that they're going to be able to, to handle that. Um, Baker still has a little bit to show me. Of, of being that playmaker, but I, I, I think he's a good enough game manager to be able to throw those odd bombs as well as keeping that run game um, consistent in the match to be able to defeat the Steelers. They need to start the run game immediately, right? In the first series, they need to be having at least uh, five, five runs, attempts, all right? In the first drive, they should be having about eight to ten. They need to just absolutely ram the ball down their throats. So and once they realize that the way to win playoff games is through smash nose football, then um, I think they will they will come into their stride. I don't. I, I think it will probably end after that first round, and they will have that little gas. So they'll have that Ravens look where they win the first round of the playoffs, but then they won't go in favor after that. Um, but yeah, I'm getting ahead of myself in regards to full playoffs um, outlook uh, from my point of view. Uh, just for now, yeah, I think Browns can go far. 
by beating the Steelers. Um, and I think they will beat the Steelers. I predicted that the Browns would make the playoffs. I think they're would playoffs- or would would make the playoffs. Yeah. I was I was I was on that brown hype from he was, pretty yeah, much early. I all I I even thought that they were gonna win the division. And it seemed like for a world that the Steelers were on a downward trend and the Browns were on a uh, on on a on a trajectory. But um obviously they made it really nervy at the end with the, the Steelers kind of making a, a comeback almost and obviously Miami Dolphins were sitting there watching, so you're saying there's a chance, watching that game and the Colts game. But um, yeah, the, the Browns, I think that some of the players are back from, um, from COVID, so they should have something resembling a, a full-strength team, obviously without OBJ. But yeah, Nick Chubb, he looked really, really good. Another 100-yard rushing game for him. Green Hunt is a decent RB. Jarvis Landry, Donovan Peoples-Brown, Austin Hooper. I think this is set up and geared for the Browns to win. And like you, I do think the Browns are going to win this game. And I think they can go as far. They can go far. They 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 can have a, something of a, a deep playoff run. Whether they can beat a Bills or a Chiefs, I don't know, but I think they can give them a game. And I like I like this Browns team. Baker Mayfield did what he was 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 asked to do, or was 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 a requirement of him, and that was to make the playoffs. And by God, he's done it. He is, you know, he said, "Look, I'm going to get this team into a playoffs," and he's done just that. So he deserves credit for that. And yeah, I think the Browns can go pretty far. And I think at the very least, I think they are going to win this game against the Steelers at the weekend. But obviously, yeah, don't want to get too into predictions just yet. Cool. All right. So NFL news roundup. We have quite a few to mention. Of course, we're not going to go all the way back to when we um, took a break. We'll go into the recent news. And that is Adam Gase, Anthony Lynn, and Doug Marone, all head coaches that have been fired from their respective teams, Jets, Chargers, and Jaguars. And of course, there is a vacancy in the Falcons. Um, who do you think will take their places? Um, I mean, I know who you hope to take <laughs> a certain place, but um, what, who do you think are the uh, top prospects? Well, I think obviously Eric Bieniemy is going to be sought after by everybody. I think yeah. he's the one that a lot of teams are going to want to, at the very least, talk to and find out what's what. He's I had know, his all. He's had. He's, he's had all. Of yeah, the yeah. Now. So everybody's had the interviews. I think it's going to be until after the Chiefs are out of of contention. So it's not going to be any. And nothing, nothing's going to happen with Eric Bieniemy yeah. until the Chiefs bow out of the playoffs and I don't think they will. I think they're probably going to end up going to the Super Bowl again. So he's probably going to be out of the picture for a little bit anyway. Robert Sala from the 49ers, I think he's a, a good a good uh, prospect. I think the Titans um, OC got a few interviews. Obviously with uh, Raheem Morris, 
<laughs> he had five weeks of worth of interviews. And if there was anything that was going to resemble him taking this team somewhere, he would not have lost five in a row. He would not have do you lost think five in a row. Is, do you think five games are, are enough? A half a season, well, not half a season, but um, it's not a full season, and it's not really even his. It's not really even his team because the, the other head coach kind of built that. Do you think that's his fault that he lost five well, games? You want the job and you want to take over, which is I'm sure he what he wanted. He would have been like, right, this is what you've got. I mean, Tusk, Tusk, you've got Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. Oh, what a dilemma. You've got Todd Gurley. What a dilemma. You've got Grady Jarrett and Dante Fowler in defense. What a dilemma. And you've got a trash O-line and a trash defense. Yeah, well, the O-line has been trash for God knows how long. But, um, yeah, I don't think Raheem Morris is going to get the job. I think if he was going to get the job, they would have announced him by now because it's in-house. I don't think the Falcons are looking elsewhere. God, I hope they're looking elsewhere. And I hope that Eric Bieniemy smashed his interview and with a little bit of luck, he'll become the coach and he'll bring Le'Veon Bell with him because I am about done with Todd Gurley. I think he hasn't worked out. It's okay. We took a chance. Offered him this. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, I just... I never clicked with Todd Gurley and yeah, he's got to go. I still think Matt Ryan's got to go. I don't think he's that guy anymore. I think we're going to need a more dynamic quarterback than him. Um, We need a, yeah, a new offensive coordinator, a new head coach, a new GM. I just think, yeah, just start afresh. Just start afresh. And even Julio Jones, if there's talk of him being traded, if it means getting cap space, if it means nicking a first-round pick from a team, because that's if we're going to trade for Julio, you got to be coming with gold, frankincense, and myrrh. That's what you got to be coming with if you want Julio. And I don't think I don't think Falcons. Do you think Falcons still have that leverage? Of course they do. He hasn't been putting up massive numbers. But he's still Julio Jones. I think if he can stay fit, he's the best in the, the league. It's not that's even close. Thing, if he can stay fit. I so think, that's that's a detriment. If he's not if he doesn't stay fit. But I think, who I think cares? he's still worth something. Oh no, yeah, absolutely. It's Julio Jones. But I don't think he has that leverage that he was when he was born in. Minimum first round pick. Minimum. You got to you got to be giving up your first round pick for Julio. You think Julio gonna be free? Second, third round pick that would be. Hell no! A third round pick. (laughs) So I can get some skinny ass fool from Georgia Tech. Come on, man. Come on. Brady was 199th round. Do not compare some geek from Georgia Tech to Tom Brady, okay? The greatest, the GOAT. Just debatable for me. Debatable. (laughs) But, um, yeah, Julio, you got to be coming with gifts and presents and all of that. All of that. He's first round for me, if you want Julio. You got to give me a first round. 
Uh, I think just because he's the best on your team doesn't mean he's worth first half. Um, because there are other people that will probably spark him right now because of his injuries. Um, take Julio. Hmm? Who is a team that we've been talking about that badly need playmakers? And <clears> you <throat> have first round pick. We're not going to take Julio. Don't be ridiculous. Of course you would. We're, we're you've not going to take Julio. Space. <laughs> we're not you've got, Julio. You've got the, 30 you've million. Got the space. 30 million. Pay we're him. Gonna, pay the man. We're going to pay No way. No chance. In get rid of Devontae Parker. Get some fifth round pick from some team somewhere. Make space for Julio. That's what you do. You make space for him. And you can give us your what eighteenth? You don't need an eighteenth. He's too he's too he's too expensive. He'll be too expensive. And if you know Flo, he doesn't like to spend that much. All right. In fact, we got rid of our playmakers because they were too expensive. Tonsil, all right? Fitzpatrick, all right? All these people. <laughs> went and we was like what are you doing Flo what are you doing and Flo's like listen I'm not paying that big a fee so if you want to get off this bandwagon now then get off this but bandwagon honestly, you're going to understand why and now but if you want to go to the next level you got to pay the money <laughs> no, no, pay no. the yeah. money okay with give give us Jefferson give us rugs give us someone that is going to have some well, Jefferson. Jefferson's cold you know or Justin yeah, Vikings won't give you Jefferson. I know, I know, I know that. Obviously, I'm, kids I'm rookie, yeah. But I'm just talking about just. just I'm talking about like caliber of who we're looking at. Um, I sick. think your caliber should be. I think Chris Godwin's going to be a free agent. I think Robbie Anderson's a free agent. Samuel, Sammy Watkins. See, Godwin now maybe. Juju. Now. Juju. You think he can lead a team? What What has Juju done this season? Exactly right. All we know about Juju is his TikToks. We don't know about his stats because we're not being bowling. Chris Godwin, all, if he can stay healthy. Sammy Watkins, no. Curtis Samuel, no. Robbie Anderson, possibly, but Panthers are not going to let go of him because yeah. they're going to use him as insurance because we're CMC being for the past. Season, <laughs> so they're not going to let go of him. He's been doing well for Panthers. They're going to keep him. So yeah, look, I mean, um, we, we we will speak about this upcoming draft. But in regards to Adam Gase, Anthony Lynn, Doug Marone, yeah, I see. Well, I see um, Salah. I see Eb. Um, you know, Urban Myers again has been reported of links to two teams. I don't know the two teams. I don't know whether it's because I just haven't really researched it or whether they've mentioned it. I know he does want major P, though. He's talking about something like 30 minutes. Yeah, he's talking about something stupid, major P. But Urban Mays is, again, is someone who has... Um, and you know what? I can see Jaguars paying that money because that's I can just see the cons. They're just dumb like that. Like, But yeah. That that is something that could happen. Um, in regards to any of these people, Doug Marone, I, I don't I don't think Adam Gay should be a near football team again. But Anthony Lynn, I could see him being at least a, a an offensive coordinator. I wouldn't mind him coming to the Dolphins, in fact, as an OC. 
but um, you know, maybe he he needs to brush up on his decision making. But again, that probably won't be up to him when it comes to crunch play times. I'm sure Flo will override him in regards to that. Uh, Cam says he doesn't want to be a backup next season. Um, and then there have been reports from Adam Schefter saying that, you know, well, not reports, but saying, you know, opinions saying that he could make it to a team for 50 million for two years. Um, what do you think about that? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's so difficult with Cam because I've really, really wanted him, it to work out for him in New England. And I really wanted him to play somewhere to the level of his um, Super Bowl run with the Panthers and, you know, his MVP season. Obviously, it hasn't quite happened for him. I think the lack of weapons is still a thing in within uh, New England. I don't think there's hardly anybody there that Cam can kind of link with. I mean, even Cam is literally catching passes and taking it to the end zone trick play my ass it's like one of those god damn it i'll do it myself kind of things and yeah um it's i think i think the patriots will try and pick up a quarterback from somewhere whether it will be free agency whether it's via a trade i think there's rumors of deshaun watson possibly asking for a trade i don't know i mean once once i think patriots are another team that if they go black I'm not quite sure they're going to go back. So, but I think Carson Wentz, who knows? I can I can see Belichick thinking, you know what? I can get a tune out of walk it to him. Maybe I'll sign him. Maybe I'll uh, pick him up. Um, but uh, yeah, Cam, yeah, get out, get out of New England. You don't, you don't need that drama. You don't need that mess. Yeah, I agree. Um, I was hoping for Cam, you know, um, despite hating the Patriots. I love Cam um, and I wanted to see him do well. And in the first few weeks, he looked like he was doing well. And then when it came to COVID, hit him. It was like, well, damn, he ain't the same nigga at all that was being playing in the first few weeks. So um, it's, it's a bit sad to see that maybe that COVID, um, someone that's experienced it, can last in other ways more than one depending on how your body reacts to it um and not only that he doesn't have the weapons um so again that sucks for him um but and i love cam and i never want to get in front of a black man or black people in general and getting their money but I don't know where this report of he could go to another team as a starter for 50 because what has he done to Warren? You know, let's be honest. Um, he kind of fell off. Um, he had the same weapons in the first few weeks and he, was, and he was looking great. And after COVID and whatnot, he just went down the cliff. So, again, um, there is an argument to say it is weapons, but a lot of, uh, some of it is on camp as well. And I don't know if he's done enough to warrant getting that major P um, or even being a starter. I don't think he will be at New England next season. Um, but I, don't, I still don't think it's over for him. Um, whether it's a starter, though, is, 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 is debatable. Um, 
Miami happy with Tua starting next year and Chan Gailey retires. So, um, you know, it's just like what I said in the last, uh, well, not last segment, but, you know, early in the segment. Um, it's good that they're happy with Tua. So they should be. Um, of course, there's more room to improve, but to say that he's a bust in, after nine games with all of the uh, external factors and mitigating circumstances that he had would be short-sighted. Changeli retiring, um, of course, he's a legend um, in the NFL, so um, I wish him all the best, but it would be exciting to see a new fresh OC that would work with Tua to help reach his potential. Um, more for you to speak about now. Arthur Blank confirms that Julio Jones and Matt Ryan could be traded. Um, very surprised with that uh, because Matt Ryan has still got major P still left to be played on his contract, paid on his contract. Um, so to see another team pick that up um, would be intriguing to say the least, although it's not impossible. Um, and Julio Jones um, give, getting rid of a major playmaker like that, again, is um, not impossible, but again, would be surprising. Um, are you happy with that? I mean, the thing is, right, I think Julio Jones will be... I will be surprised if he's traded. But Matt Ryan, I think it's very, very apparent. And I think maybe Arthur Blank has finally woken up to this. But ever since we bottled that Super Bowl, it was from that moment on that that whole organization needed a clear out. Drain the swamp. There is something that's not quite right mentally. You could see it in some of the players. Like, it just... it. it it damaged them psychologically and they've not been the same since. They just haven't been. And obviously Arthur Blank forked out this money for this brand new fancy pants stadium and we've not even looked like being a playoff team, never mind going back to the Super Bowl again. And look, I'm not saying Matt Ryan is not good. I'm not saying Matt Ryan hasn't been good. We've had some wonderful memories together. He's a, he's a, he won MVP, got us to a Super Bowl. If it wasn't for some stupid decisions here and there, we should have won that game. And we could have won that game, but it never happened. So you just need to start over again. And you need fresh ideas. I mean, I don't know what the hell we were thinking going back to Dirk Cutter. I thought he was out of my life forever and he was back calling the same stupid pointless plays and just absolute disaster in the red zone. That's just our feature of this, of this team. We just don't know how to make it happen in the red zone. And you got Julio Jones, who is a thoroughbred, who is like, you, you're third down and you don't know how to throw it to Julio. Who cares if he's in double coverage? He'll make a play. Trust Julio. Trust him. But they don't. They will try and look to other options. And I don't know. Look, with Julio, I think, yeah, with, like I said, with him, it's going to be a lot more trickier to shift him in free agency. But I think a new coach, 
a new GM, a new offensive coordinator, I think they have the right to say, okay, I need, I need new. I need to start over again. I need to pick my kind of people to kind of go with moving forward. And this is my plan. Cause obviously I think the whole motive of the whole interviews is okay. What is your plan? What is your motivation to get the Falcons back to the Super Bowl? What are you going to do? And if a new coach is saying, I need a new quarterback. I need a new wide receiver. I need new offensive coordinators. I need a GM that's going to make all of that happen. If a new coach says that, then it's very difficult to argue with that new coach because he's got to be able to do it his way. And I love Julio Jones. I've got a Julio Jones jersey at home. I love that guy. He is... Every Falcons fan has. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I ain't going to be walking around with Matt Ryan too on my back when I've got this uh, Julio Jones. But... um. You need the, the, the coup jersey. He's your favorite. He's your best player on the team right now. Yeah, absolutely. And <laughs> we, I, I truly believe that he deserves to be at a team that's got a plan for him and has got a plan that's going to constantly mean that he's going to be in the offseason. Julio Jones needs to be in the offseason every year. Every year he needs to be there showing what he can do. And the way the Falcons are at the minute, it's not going to happen. And if there aren't tangible changes, if there aren't, if there isn't a way that you can make it happen for him, then maybe it's time to say, you know what? Okay, let's let's start over again. Let's let this guy go, and let's start from the beginning. We've still got Calvin Ridley, who is a great, great wide receiver. Russell Gage is emerging as a good wide receiver. Um, LaMarcus Treadwell, he is another decent option. Hayden Hurst is a good tight end. We've still got players. Obviously, I think we, we badly need a running back because Todd Gurley ain't it. Whether we can pick someone up in free agency or in the draft, I don't know. But it's not Todd Gurley. I think Todd Gurley, yeah. Sooner we can cut ties with him, the better, because he's not. That's not. That's not. That's not the same Tom Gurley that started with a bang in um, in LA. But um, yeah, there's got to be a lot of changes happening. And with Matt Ryan, I think we've got to look at Matt Ryan definitely for sure. Shake hands. Thank you for everything. Thank you for being who you are. Oh no, it's like be honourable. Shake hands. And we move on. Julio Jones, reluctantly, if there's a team out there that's going to offer a first-round pick, I will do the same with Julio. Thank you for everything. You have been incredible. But go out there and spread your wings. Fly, Julio. Fly. All right. 2021 Hall of Fame finalists have been announced, including, including Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning, what the hell was that about? Zach Thomas and Calvin Johnson Jr., obviously also known as Megatron. Um, but, you know, there are other names within uh, the, the, uh, the draft as well. Or, well, not draft, but the Hall of Fame finalists. But just get it up, um, including um, Charles Woodson, Tory Holt, 
uh, Reggie Wayne and Rondé Barber and Jared Allen, <coughs> John Lynch. So uh, these are all um, Hall of Fame uh, finalists. What do you think? Man, I would love to see Megatron in the Hall of Fame. I think he was just a freak of nature. I think that's why I gravitate to Julio so much because I think he's probably the closest thing to uh, a Megatron out there. Six foot ridiculous, 200 plus pounds and just move like you're some 100 pound cruiserweight or something. But yeah, he's. I would love to see him. I think Peyton Manning as well. One of those guys, if they can make it, that would be uh, incredible. And I think they would deserve their uh, place. Yeah, so the I think that's great. Uh, I mean, some of them are non-brainers, like Peyton, Megatron, uh, Zach Thomas, which personally is a big thing, big deal for me, being a Finns player. So, yeah, I'm really happy with that. Uh, and then lastly, in the news, Deshaun Watson... Uh, it was reported quietly broached teammates the possibility of request trade from Texans. Um, what do you think about this and what potential teams do you think he could go to if this is indeed true? I thought Deshaun Watson, even in defeat against the Titans, I thought he was magnificent on Sunday. I thought he played ever so well and almost pulled off a win an unlikely win, and that would have maybe put us in third for the the draft. But uh, somehow the Titans pulled it out of the bag. But yeah, Deshaun Watson, he's he's got to be looking at the Texans and thinking, where where are you guys going? And if no, you can't, not for yeah. at least five years, because yeah, so that's that franchise. I think there's a video of JJ Watt going, "I'm sorry, you wasted this year for you, man." <laughs> And he's going to have to do that for the next three years if he stays there. Well, yeah, if he stays there. So, could my Falcons trade for Deshaun? Ooh, okay. I mean, I would, I would, I would, I would uh, put out feelers yeah. for the Texans. See, see, see what's what. I mean, they were stupid enough to uh, give D-Hop to Arizona and... What what did Miami do? What did you give to Texans to pick their to have their draft pick? Larry Thompson. And I mean, look, okay, you did that, but then I don't think even in Miami's wildest dreams they would have thought at the end of that season that you would end up with a number three pick in the draft. Thompson's great, but like he's not like a, a major. Pick. He isn't. He isn't. He isn't on that level. Yeah, so, hmm. yeah, uh, he happens. I think if we put out feelers, go on, Matt Ryan, you'll go, 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 go to Texas, go revive that franchise. I mean, I there's also the Pats, Steelers, because who knows if Big Ben's going to be there after next se- after this season. Um, you know, he's having to rest a lot more than usual. And although he says, oh, I'm, I'm always, you know, how stubborn some QBs will be. And I don't think even if he says that, that Steelers are going to go, okay, well, we're not going to look at any other QB then because Ben is going to stay here forever. So that could be a potential. 49ers, although I would say there are other um, 
quarterbacks I would put ahead of Deshaun Watson, who probably would go to the 49ers first before him, but it's still a possibility. What what you think you you think they're gonna wash their hands with Jimmy G? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I don't see Jimmy G starting much today. Matt Ryan, maybe, uh, maybe Wentz. I doubt it. I, I can I can see him, I can see Wentz going to Colts more than 49ers, but maybe um, again maybe uh, Deshaun Watson. But I just don't see. For, I think they they know now that Jimmy G is a bust. Um, Panthers uh, again, you know, Teddy Bridgewater is good, but is he that guy that will take to the to the Super Bowl? No, he's a good. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not decoy, but you know, and like, a, yeah, he's good to keep you. Do you know what I mean? Do you know when you want the main course, but it's not ready yet, so you just got something just to keep you going. For now, for now, yeah, he's that, he's that guy, yeah, he's good, he's a great appetizer, he will keep you going, he will keep the team, right, not be shit, but he isn't the team, he isn't the one to make you a Super Bowl, he's not that guy, so maybe Panthers will go for him, um, fuck, Bears, who knows, because, you know, Trubisky, all, all falls ain't doing it for him, for either one of them. But um, I would hate for Sean to actually go to the Bears because I think he would just waste his career from one team to another. I don't think Nagy will do anything for for uh, for Deshaun Watson <laughs> at all for his career. So um, although it's a possibility because they do need a quarterback, personally I think they do. I don't think he would do any any interest in going to the Bears. Um, and then you got Washington. Which would make sense because they've got jack shit. All right, Alex Smith is on. Alex Smith is on one leg. Come on, let's be honest. We love the comeback story. He he should have the title uh, comeback after his name now. Right, it is one of the best stories ever to come from the NFL history. But it is what he is. Okay, um, Alex Smith is not that guy. Um, nor is Kyle, whatever his name is. That. Thing he brought from the Panthers, um, oh, Kyle Allen. Yeah, Kyle Allen. Sorry. So um, if 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 um, of course uh, we all know what happened to um, what his name is that went to the strippers, right? So um, <laughs> if, if, if if yeah, I don't want to say his name. Guys are full. If you'll see him get a job next year, probably, but not as a starter. But he'll be on a practice squad. If if Ron is serious, then he needs to go for Has- uh, he needs to go for Haskins. Him and I. He needs to go for Deshaun Watson. Yeah, he needs to go for Deshaun Watson. Or the last one is Normans. Because again, Breeze um may not be there when there's talks of him having this as his last season. But they did um, give all that money to Taysom Hill though. They did, yeah, they did. But Again, um, out of all of the head coaches that I've mentioned from the teams that I've spoken about, <laughs> Sean, Sean is the is the most ruthless of them all. And if he thinks that he's going to get a Super Bowl with Deshaun Watson rather than Hill or um, James Winston, then he will do what he needs to do <laughs> to bring him into 
um, New Orleans. So those are, are my teams that I think he could go to. But, you know, who knows? Um, playoff predictions. You uh, you can kick off with these playoff predictions. Okay, so yeah, we've go. starting off with Colts at the Bills. Uh, I do think there's going to be some twists in this playoff. It's not going to go as anticipated. I am going to go for some surprising picks. For this one, I am going to say the Bills are going to win. I think they've kind of got lightning in a bottle right now. I think they're going into the playoffs hot. And the teams that tend to go into the playoffs hot tend to stay hot. And they tend to make it all the way. So I think ultimately their offense, and I think Stefan Diggs, Josh Allen all had a rest. So they're going to be coming in hot. And I think they're going to have too much for the Colts. Oh, yeah, I agree. I think um, Bills will be too much for the Colts. And the uh, Colts, Colts will go down the first round and Bills will go to the second round. Rams at Seahawks. Mm. This is something that I was going back and forth with a lot because, as you know, I picked Rams to win that division. I thought Seahawks were pretenders. They weren't really getting anywhere. Their defense is atrocious. And this is all true. <laughs> but they have, they have let them, Rams have let themselves down, despite obviously blowing out Cardinals last week. They, have, they haven't really put themselves up. Now, of course, Goff has been away with that thumb dislocation. I'd I'm just not convinced that after a week, he's like, yeah, it's fine with his throwing hand to be able to take them to the playoffs. Um, who was the replacement for Goff again? I forgot his name. But he wasn't that bad. <laughs> he, wasn't, he wasn't that bad. Um, I'm not a big fan of Goff. I know you think Goff is all right, but I think Goff is just a game manager and he will just do whatever McVeigh tells him to do. So... Um, Really, I don't really. I don't. Uh, I I think if Rams make it anyway, it's because of McVay and the defense, not really because of the quarterback. Um, but saying that, I think with the Rams um, weapons compared to Seahawks with Lockett um, and DK and all of that, I think. Seahawks will just have the edge and win. And the Seahawks have more playoff experience than the Rams do. So I'm going to go with Seahawks. I'm going to... Yeah, I've, I've been going back and forth with this one too. I think the Seahawks are going to just edge it. But I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I don't think it's going to be a, a gunsling shootout between the two. This is going to be one for the defense. And I think the Seahawks are going to squeak it just about. Tampa Bay Buccaneers against the Washington football team. Yeah. Um, this will, will be an okay game. I mean, look, um, we have been vocal about being big fans of Chase Young. And, um, you know, the great first has been great. And... If we know about teams and Tom Brady is that 
Tom Brady cannot hack teams that put pressure on him. Um, however, saying that, the secondary Washington isn't all that great and the offense isn't that great. So it's all good, um, you know, putting pressure on Brady. But unless Washington do a scoople's and score um, or do pick sixes like how Miami were doing, then I don't see Alex Smith driving the ball down the field to outscore Brady. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to take the books with this one. I did say that I'm going to predict an upset somewhere. And I think it's oh, going to be this game. I think you need to respect Brady a bit more. You need to respect Brady. It's not about disrespecting Brady. <laughs> it's nothing to do with that. I did <laughs> twist somewhere. There's, go, there's going to be a twist. And I think the twist is going to come in this yeah, game. The Browns. The, the, Browns. the Washington football team are going to beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think Chase Young is going to absolutely batter Tom Brady pillar to post. And that's going to knock <laughs> it. I think he's going to oh, have his no. way with Tom Brady. And I think the and you think and you think the offense are going to survive Tom Bowles' defense? Why not? Alex Smith on one leg. Thomas is decent. McKissick is decent. <laughs> come on, man! I got I got to find something. Yeah, I've got to find it. something. Give me, come on, Give me something, man! Logan Thomas, he's okay. showed me something. Okay. Damn it, right. he showed me something. I think the running back. JR or JD McKissick, he can he, he can run it. Who knows? Okay. Stranger things have happened. That's true. They also play Ravens a whole different at, ball game. Ravens at Titans. Um <laughs> Who won the last one? Because that's when they had beef, isn't it? Right, Ravens came into the oh, Titans I think it was last year when Lamar Jackson was MVP and no, Derek... no, no, no. I'm talking about. I'm not talking about playoffs last year. I'm talking about regular season match. The Ravens versus the Titans, and there was a bit of beef because the Titans came into because this was at the Ravens, uh, and the Titans came into the into the logo and they started doing their little um, like team meeting or something like that. And John Harbour was pissed. Like, what are you doing? It's disrespectful. Um, and I just wanted to know who won that game. I think it was Titans, wasn't it? I, I think it was Titans as well. I think it was Titans. Yeah, I think it was Titans. Um, going back at it now, yeah, it was Titans, 30 to 24. Um, so will, will Ravens be motivated to get their own back and win? Or... Uh, I'm going to go with my upset now, although it's not really an upset because both teams are, are kind of boring, but I'm still, I'm going to go with Titans. I'm going to say that not not even the Ravens will get past the first round, never mind always crashing at the second round. I think Titans are now coming hot. Tannehill is balling. Um, Derek Henry with his 2,000... Yard now he's gone into OJ Simpson levels, so um, yeah, he actually even congratulated him as well. Oh, ain't that a bit? It's yours truly, it's yours truly, OJ. 
that a compliment? Yeah, compliment. Yeah, is that a compliment? That man ran for two thousand years of two thousand yards a season. You need to pay respect on OJ's name. I always, I always bust that out. Whenever someone comes out with OJ, I say, "Listen, that man ran for two thousand yards." <laughs> you have to pay respect. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, with 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 Derrick Henry being as hot as that, and AJ Brown smashing it, man. AJ Brown is fucking smashing it. Um, yeah. I'm sorry, but I'm just taking I'm taking Titans for this one. I done told you that the Ravens would make the playoffs. I done told you that they're gonna come out of their little funk that they were in. And look how they came out of that funk. Lamar is feeling himself again. Mm-hmm. You know, after winning that game against the Browns, I think that kind of changed their fortunes around winning that incredible game, the Browns and Ravens. And Hollywood Brown. Welcome to the show, kid. And um, oh, who's the running back for Ravens? Dude was a fantasy football godsend. Oh, what's his name? For the Ravens? Yeah. Mark Ingram? No. J.K. Dobbins, I think it is. Oh, Dobbins, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's coming to the fore. And yeah, I'm going to pick the Ravens to win. Even though that you know this is kind of like Derrick Henry season, and this is when he is just absolutely feasting. Hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the Ravens. I think they've kind of picked it up at the right time. Dobbins is looking good. Hollywood Brown. They have. They have picked it up at the right time. Jackson is kind of woken up, and I think yeah, he's gonna be motivated to uh, you know get back back. Titans. You know, they 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 want to give the receipt for last year's defeat in the playoffs. So yeah, I I fancy the Ravens for this one. Okay. Bears against the Saints. I mean, let's just grab this one. We all know, like, the Saints are winning this one. So, Actually, don't be daft. Okay, okay, damn it. Don't be daft. Making me pick an NFC Making South me win. Raising my blood pressure at nine o'clock in the evening now. Come on. Stop doing that to an old nigga. Just pick the Saints and let's go on. Move on. Shit. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. And uh, finally, last but not least, the Browns at the Steelers. I think we kind of mentioned. Yeah, we've been vocal, haven't we? Um, yeah. I think it's going to be the Browns personally. I, I think Browns going to win too. And that, and that will be it. But yeah. Uh, there we go. Those are our predictions for the first round of the playoffs. Um, let's see what happens. Um, of course, no more red zone. So unless you have got Sky um, Network or some torrent, then good luck to you for watching those games. What do you mean? Uh, so got don't encourage people to illegally watch NFL. Hey, I've got network. I'm not saying anything. I've got Game yeah, Pass. What are you about I've got Game Pass. I got Game Pass. Yeah, but what about other people? Don't be telling them. Oh, I'm not Torrent. telling them. I said unless they've got it, then let's... people have it. Look, we live in the real yeah. world. That's it. That's the real world. Okay. Uh, but yeah, thank you everyone for joining us uh, back. Uh, we will be back next week again with the regular updates on what happened in the NFL and in the wrestling circuit. So for myself, Ash, thank you very much. See you next week. And Abs. Yep, see you next week. And uh, yep, keep listening. We're available wherever you get your uh, podcast from. 
So uh, thank you for listening. And if you're new to this, then uh, yeah, come along for the journey. It's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of vibes. And uh, yeah, do listen to uh, more episodes of us. And uh, yeah, see you next week for another episode of Third and One Fall. Peace out. <laughs>